Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening today. Today we're going to start talking about Abraham. And we will be talking about Abraham for about three weeks. And so uh, we're going to get started right now in Genesis. So if you want to go ahead and turn over there to chapter 12. I will uh, explain ahead of time. Abraham's name was changed to Abraham later on in the story, but he starts out as Abram. And his wife's name was Sarah later on, but she starts out the story as Sari, or Sari. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but this that's just to clear, clear the air, get that clarified right away. So, We'll start out in Genesis 12, 1 through 9. The Lord had said to Abram, go, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot with him. And Abraham was 75 years old and he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sari, and his nephew Lot and all the possessions that they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Mori at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. For there he went towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched a tent with the Bethel on his west and Ai on his on his right on his east I'm sorry there he built an altar to the Lord and called the name uh, called on the name of the Lord and Abram set out and continued toward Najib now Abram was born in Ur of the Chaldees and he was a descendant of Shem and thus in the line of Christ according to Genesis 11, 10 through 26. We don't really know a ton about his family. Uh, his father was Terah, and he married his half-sister, Sari. And when God called him to leave the land that he lived, his family and everything, he got up and left. He did what God told him to do. And he didn't have a destination at the time. God didn't say, when he left Haran, he didn't say, hey, 
I'm going to send you here, there, and over here. No, he just said, I'm going to send you. And he gave him a promise. And Abraham obeyed God without question or hesitation, although Abraham didn't have a clear destination. He did have a clear promise. I will bless you and make your name great. Without a doubt, it was the promise that fired up his faith and got him started on a march, which would probably end up being the biggest journey of his life and probably one of the most exciting or big journeys in the Bible. And when when God called Abram, he didn't know. He didn't know that this was going to be such a travel. <laughs> you know, he didn't know what was awaiting him. And when God calls us to something new, a lot of times we're not, we can't see a destination. We just see a promise. And we need to attack that with the same amount of fire and faith that Abraham did. And we don't always know what the reason is that God calls us to a specific place or specific people or do a specific ministry, but we know that we've been called to do it. And Abraham reminds us that we should just step out on faith and go ahead and do what God has called us to do. If it is his calling, he will support us and provide for us and give us everything we need to make that march or to set out on that ministry, even if we don't understand the reason or the destination. In Philippians 1.6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. We need to know and be reminded frequently that God began a good work in all of us. He gave us all a ministry. He gave us all a purpose. No one is on this earth without having some sort of purpose. And that God is working on that daily. And he's working on you daily. We need to be reminded that God did start a good work in all of us. And we need to find that work and do it. In Genesis 12, 10 through 20, and Genesis 13, we hear about this trip to Egypt. And so let's let's get on, get back into the journey of Abraham. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live for a while because the famine was severe. As he went, was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sorry, I know that you are, what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see, see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but let you live. Say that you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake 
and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sari was very beautiful. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake. Abram acquired sheep, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted a serious, serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife, Sari. So Abraham, or Pharaoh summoned Abraham. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you, why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her into, took her to be my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave the orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. So Abram went up from Egypt to Najib with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with them. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold, but the Najib he went, but from the Najib, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, the place between Bethel and I, where he set his tent earlier, where he had first built his altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land in the land at the time. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herders and mine. For we, <clears throat> for we are close relatives. It is not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go left, I will go right. If you go right, I will go left. So Lot, Lot looked around him and saw the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zoar was well watered like a garden of the Lord and the land of Egypt like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain that pitched, and he pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom, and Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abraham, after Sodom, after Lot had parted from him, Look around from, from where you are, to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west. All the land you see I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, 
where I'm giving it to you. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mar Mari and Hebron, where he pitched his tents, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Abraham's journey in Egypt started off extremely, <laughs> extremely strange. Uh, when you first start reading it, you're like, oh, this is a man of God. God's going to make him a great nation. And then one of the first things he does after he takes off on this journey is tell a pretty big lie. To what? To save himself. Right? He made a mistake. He sinned. He lied. We all sin. We all make mistakes. And this is one of those human things about people in the Bible. We seem to be shocked when we find out that, well, Abraham lied to protect himself. Not to protect, sorry, but protect him. And in doing so, the entire family of Pharaoh got struck with diseases because he took sorry into his house unknowingly. But of course, we may think, oh, you know, this is bad. Abraham turned his back on God. He lied. But if it's made right, and in because he left, and he took sorry with him and lied, God still is blessing. God's still following him. Yes, he made a mistake. Bad things happened. But he's going to turn it around. He's going to try to do things better next time. Right? And we may think that it wasn't divine guidance that took him to Egypt in the first place. Right? Oh, he chose to go to Egypt. That wasn't God. But while he was in Egypt, he acquired great things and bought acquired things. And they were able to have more food and have more livestock and help with servants and things through that trip to Egypt. So again, we're reminded that God thing, God can make things work when it's in his plan. Right? When it's part of his plan now, originally, God may have intended for Abraham not to lie, but still become, you know, good with Pharaoh and get blessed with things. But he did choose to lie, but he's going to try to make it better. He's going to try to move on, and he does. And eventually, they leave, and they come back to where they were before, right? He He's traveling from place to place, and he ends up in, in between Bethel and I, again, where he built an altar to the Lord to worship the Lord and sacrifice. And sometimes God brings us right back, and we think, oh, that was just a detour, right? I made a mistake. I went the wrong way, and I'm right back to where I was. 
But here I think God's reminding Abram. You remember when you worshipped me before? Remember when you sacrificed right here? And sometimes God does that to us. Just to remind us. You remember I brought you through this before. Or remember that one thing that happened and I was still there. You know. And but while they're there. The herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham were arguing and bickering because the land was not enough land, not enough grass and things to support all of their cattle and their livestock and their camels and their people and their tents, you know. And so Abraham gave Lot a choice and he let Lot choose. He didn't say, hey. God said this is my land, so I'm taking this. You have that over there. No, Abraham said, Lot, make your decision. And he and Lot sees this beautiful fertile land. And he goes towards it. Because what do we do as humans? Grass is greener. Let's go over there. Right? They seem to be doing good for themselves. Let's try that. And that's exactly what Lot did. And so God told Abram, this is this land. You see all this? I'm going to give this to your family. I'm going to give this to your descendants. And then your descendants are going to be so much nobody can even count them. And then when called upon to make a choice, God didn't say to Abram, tell Lot to take this, or you're going to take this, Lot's going to take that. No, he allowed the choice, just like he allows our choices. Lot chose the easy path because the land was green and it was flush and there was a lot of people around. So there were cities down here that he could trade with that, you know, they could, they could work some deals out. And that's what Lot chose. And that's the way we choose a lot of times. Oh, that looks good. And but we don't think about what we're getting ourselves into. Lot pitched his tents up in the middle of people who were sinning greatly against God in a variety of ways. And what do we do sometimes? Because we think it's going to bring us wealth or popularity or fame or whatever, is we pitch our tents right up in the middle of people that are not bringing glory to God. They're sinning against God greatly. And in that, just being in the close proximity to all of that all the time, we find out later what happens to Lot's family and what happens to Lot. And you have to see, like, Satan uses uses our eyes, uses our desires a lot of times to tempt us 
And he was obviously tempting a lot here because the land was green and it was lush and it was right smack dab in the middle of pretty simple cities and you know the majority of people they know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah and we will discover what happens to Sodom and Gomorrah later but if you're wanting to get more out of life or you're wanting to improve yourself or whatever and you see a situation that might be iffy you know yes you're gonna get paid more if you go over here but the company you're gonna be keeping or the company that you're working for or various things may not be the optimal place for you as a Christian it may be best to stay away and to not pitch your tents right in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah right in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declared the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I say this because, I remind you of this verse, because God, God sees the world from a different perspective than we see the world. God sees our life from a different perspective than we see it. And that's what he's saying. We don't know what the destination is sometimes. And sometimes we're just holding on to a promise. But God knows. God can see. And we can have faith. In that when we try to anticipate God a lot of times we miss out on what he's providing right there at the time yes we should have a vision but our vision should be God's vision right the vision that we as Christians have should always be God's vision that should be put forth in ways that we can achieve or work towards God's desires for our life and for the expansion of his kingdom. So today I hope you can see the majority of what the Lord or the Holy Spirit is telling me today is if you can't see your destination hold on to the promise you always have the promises of God and a destination may not be what God has in store for you it may be simply the journey you know and then we can learn a lot on our journeys. So thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Please be kind to yourself and be kind to others. 
and always remember that God loves you and so do I.